Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me. It is me, it is me, your trio phenom, SP3. We are back with a special edition of Smack Talk, not after, you know, the, the, the SmackDown or Rampage like we usually do. We'll be back on Friday, next Friday, after those shows, most guaranteed. But we are here for a special Royal Rumble-themed Smack Talk following the... 2023 edition of the Royal Rumble. Of course, I am here with the legendary manager, wrestler, extraordinaire, Dutch Mantel. How you doing, Dutch? I'm doing good. It's early. It's early in the morning, so it's really earlier than what I normally get up. But and hey, we got a lot to talk about today. And so it started off, and let me throw my two cents worth in wherever, and we'll get through this. Well, let's get to the thing we've been talking about for what seems like months. The thing that has been driving WWE and really been the lead of WWE getting a lot of buzz back into the company, which is the Bloodline Saga and Sami Zayn, the honorary Oos, his whole involvement with the Bloodline. It all came to fruition at the Royal Rumble for the first time since 2013, Dutch, a non-Royal Rumble match headline the big january show and it was roman reigns defending the undisputed universal championship against kevin owens uh before on the pre-show they did a segment where roman told sammy that his final test is he's gonna be by roman's side the entire night he would be in the corner the rest of the bloodline would be in the back he was gonna be in the corner with the wise man paul Heyman, and sammy was very conflicted throughout the the contest especially towards the end when Roman started ramming uh, Kevin Owens head into the steel steps finally Roman with a fourth spear got the one two three the victory over Kevin Owens but after the match the bloodline do a big beat down on Kevin Owens they handcuff him to the ropes and Sami Zayn all the while looking conflicted finally it looks like Kevin like Roman Reigns gonna give the final blow with a steel chair and Sami steps in Roman decides to hand the chair to Sammy to deliver the final blow, despite Sammy saying this is beneath him. You're better than this. You're the universal champion. He gives Sammy the steel chair. He mushes Sammy, trying to tell him, do you want to get go back to this jackass BS you were doing before you got with us? He says, do it. He's holding you back, hit him with the chair, and instead he hits Roman Reigns in the back with the chair. A call back to the shield breakup, what Seth Rollins did to Roman Reigns eight years ago. And it then turns to Jay Uso, the man that defended Sammy during the tribal court, the man that Sammy tried months and months to convince to accept him into the family. Just this past Monday, Jay told Sammy, I love you like a brother. Jay was like, How could you do this? You did this to my family. Jimmy super kicks Sammy. He tells him, You he's your brother. I'm your real brother. Jimmy and Solo jump Sammy. All the while, Jay is looking conflicted. Roman gets up and is looking for Jay to attack him and Jay decides he's going to walk away with near tears in his eyes as the rest of the bloodline beat down on Sammy and officially take out the honorary Oos. What an angle. One of the best angles I was telling you before we started recording here. One of the best angles WWE has ever shot. 
what do you think about this development with now Sami Zayn was kind of the one who turned on the bloodline before the bloodline could turn on him kind of what Kevin Owens was saying on the buildup to the Royal Rumble he kind of did that by hitting Roman with the chair but this is officially the split between Sami Zayn and the bloodline that San Antonio crowd that sat through four hours of wrestling was probably the loudest they yeah. were cheering for Sammy to step in and help Kevin That's Owens cheering for Jay to help Sammy. It was such a great angle. What did you think? Well, that is booking perfection. And it's, I preach this and preach this and preach this. Take patience, take patience. I mean, and you they could have shot this at any time, but they knew they had it right. And at Royal Rumble, now is the time to pull the trigger on it. And they pulled the trigger and they saw the reaction. St but still, they told the whole story in that little, I guess, what, 10-minute segment? They told that whole story. And now the people who put the videos together, they have they have more than enough to tell this story because this story touches here. I preach this too. If it touches the heart, you've touched them. That crowd went and because we all knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. So uh, when they when the crowd saw this, up uh, this is it. This is the moment. This the baby is here. Now we got a new baby. They have been working on this on this angle. And we just figured it up. I think it was nine months. Now we have yep. a new baby. Now the new baby is Sammy and Kevin. Of course, they got to join, even though they didn't join on, on screen. They have to join for self-protection. It makes sense. But now still you have Jay sitting out there as the lone wolf. Where he, is, is he going to go? Now there's a spot for him. And it, this prolongs this angle. This is what you used to see angles in the territorial days. They would go and go and go and go and still have gas in the tank. So I, I, I commend WWE in, in, in doing this the way they did it because this is old school. And I preached it just because we did it 30 years ago. Don't mean it don't work today. It does work today. Stories work every time that you tell them in the right way. It's like telling an, an old time movie, Gone with the Wind, let's say, but you can still watch it and enjoy it because of the way it was. it's laid out. Any, any movie that was ever a big, big hit and kind of touched your heart, that's, that's what they did. I, I'm proud of Paul and I'm, uh, I'm proud of the guys because, uh, you know, Paul was telling them, take your time, take your time, feel the people. Feel the temperature in the room. They'll tell you exactly when to when to make. I mean, there was no way to mess this up because you got Roman as the general leading leading the charge, and then Sammy's been around for God knows how long twenty some odd years, and the Usos aren't rookies. Kevin Owens not either. They all played their parts to perfection, and and we're gonna we're gonna see how that plays out. I, I predict nothing but success for this. It's the only way it can go. Hell, I don't think you can even mess this up. I mean, I'll take that back. It's WWE and it's a wrestling company. Oh, it can be messed up. But it's, I think they would have to actually work harder to mess it up 
and just go with the flow and let it play out naturally. Yeah, and that's like my next question for you is where does this angle go now? Because like you said, you have a brand new baby face who we know the fans are behind. It's not just the fans that are in attendance at these shows. Uh, Raw 30 drew 2.3 million viewers, which was their highest viewership uh, since February 2020. And the Bloodline uh, Tribal Court segment with Sammy, uh, Sammy Zayn was the highest rated segment of the entire show so it's drawing big ratings whether it's on raw or smackdown you got Sami Zayn, who seems like this big baby face but also at the raw rumble the show kicked off with uh cody rhodes making his return after seven months away winning the men's raw rumble match punching his ticket for the main event of wrestlemania 39 and there's no big choice for him because there's one world champion the undisputed universal champion roman reigns how does wwe build this Cody Rhodes Roman Reigns match for WrestleMania, despite Sami Zayn being this red hot babyface who potentially might get the matchup, you know, in Montreal, in his home country of Canada, in Montreal at uh, Elimination Chamber against Roman. But should he be in that position to main event WrestleMania against Roman Reigns? No, I think Cody Rhodes is the right choice. I, the the injury that Cody suffered, I think now will come back to help him. And he was out probably for the whole time that this angle, this bloodline angle has been going on. He's been out about the, almost the same amount of time, right? Nine months, eight months? Seven months. Okay. So his injury now may actually work in his favor. Because, and, and with Cody, you got a lot of, a lot of variables you can pull for or from. One, of course, is Dusty Rhodes. Everybody loved Dusty Rhodes, even if you've never seen him before and you hear one of his videos now, you gotta like him because of the way he talked and he pulled people in. And Dusty, I mean, and, and Cody is gonna make this quest for the world's title, pleasing his father too. You remember the match that Cody had with Dustin? And they both looked up and they pointed, are you watching this pop? Are you watching this? Yes. Yeah. People cried. At AEW Double or Nothing 2019, yeah. They actually cried because you didn't have to tell people what, who, who they were trying to contact, who they were talking to. They were talking to Dusty. Dusty. And they're saying, Dad, we're here. We're here. We're here. I want you to be proud of us. But when you touch their heart, as the bloodline angle has... And you, they will touch the heart with the Cody Rhodes and the Roman Reigns championship match because of uh, of history. I mean, those are two angles that if they if they combine them on WrestleMania, may, it may set records. I don't know, but I will say that sometimes if and I just said this, be patient. Sometimes all of a sudden. Mother Nature just throws it all in your lap. Here it is. You got it. And of course, you didn't have to say, don't screw it up. Don't fuck it up. But here, now do with it what you will. Now, this is what wrestling fans watch wrestling for. To be touched. And everybody that left that arena or were watching on TV, 
are just like us. We're saying, where does it go? Where does it go? Because they're going to watch. They're going to watch until you give them a reason to not watch. And I'll just repeat what I said. That's going to be hard to do, to give them a reason to not watch, because... I don't know. How long How long, long did we say on the show, when are they going to shoot this thing? When are they going to shoot it? When are they going to shoot it? We didn't know. But the fans, they knew it was coming. They were saying the same thing we were saying, but maybe in a different way. But we're all waiting for this to culminate in a way <clears throat> that has legs. And can, I mean, if back in the territory days, we could ride this for another six months, eight months, easy. Because... And the reason we had patience is we had to have patience <laughs> because we didn't have the phone ringing every day. Hey, I'd like to come. No, we had to make do with what we had and the talent we had. That's why angles actually went so long because we had nothing to replace it with, which makes actually it makes you think. And when you start thinking, sometimes things happen. I really, really like this angle with Sammy and the way they did it. And I kind of had it in my head that maybe Sammy needs to turn on them before they, everybody knows they're going to turn on him. But by him getting the first shot in, and now he's going to reunite with his, his old friend, Kevin Owens. <clears throat> and Kevin was right, they're using you. And everybody knew they were using him. But Sammy, this is the closest he's ever gotten to the hierarchy of the main events. So whether they were or not, he was willing to bet that his friend was wrong and he was right. But now when he saw what they were really like, you know, it's like you find out you're sleeping with the devil. Well, you got to get out of it. And the crowd popped huge. So, <clears throat> and everybody that left that arena and everybody that turned off their television, uh, uh, screen uh, Saturday night saying they did it right and I, I, I'm really really interested in it and I'm interested in it now when's the last time we've really been interested in something I think the last thing we really got interested in I got interested in Gunther and and as for Cody winning the Royal Rumble he went in at number 30 didn't he Yes, and I was going to bring up the fact that uh, your your guy, Gunther, was really the MVP of the Men's Royal Rumble coming in at number one and setting the all-time record for longest time in a single Men's Royal Rumble match with one hour, 11 minutes, 71 minutes overall, kind of the Iron Man performance in the final two with Cody, a very good uh, like final five minutes mini match between him and Cody, him chopping at the peck, making uh, Cody's ch uh, chest uh, bright red at the end there. Do you think that like, this is a, another star-making performance for Gunther and a kind of a tease of where Triple H plans to push Gunther to kind of the next level in this year, 2023? Well, there's no doubt in my mind that Gunther's going to be pushed to the next level. He's already there. But again, I don't know, maybe Triple H is watching this show. Maybe he's watching it and he's taking suggestions from, from us. Take your time. Take your time. Patience. I mean, Gunther is not, he, he's not constricted by time restraints at this, at this point. Uh, 
he's already over. He proved that with the clash at, uh, where did he meet Shane? Clash at the castle. Yeah. And what a great match that was. What a banger. They call it now. I, I think Cody should have went in my only, and this is not a, a complaint, but in my opinion, I think he should have come in just a little bit earlier. I agree I, with you. I, I think 30 was like, I don't like to tip anything. I think if he'd have come in 25th, 26th, like that, and then all of a sudden him and Gunther go because, but they were ready for it anyway, but I think he should come in just a little bit earlier. But again, they, he may have been favoring that shoulder a little bit. And so let's send him in with the, it went 12 minutes after he came in. Did it go that long? Yeah, I think it went like another 15 minutes after Cody comes in at number 30 because they did a bunch of uh, like cool spots. They had the uh, spot with Logan Paul and Ricochet uh, doing a double springboard and colliding in the middle. Uh, they had a segment where they did the little stare down between Cody and Seth, and then Logan Paul comes in and eliminates uh, Seth Rollins, seems to be setting up a WrestleMania match between Logan Paul and Seth Rollins there. So they had a bunch of time from when Cody comes out at 30 to the end. So he was there in there for a good amount of time, but I definitely agree with you. I thought that Cody would come in and like the the first two, I thought he would be the number one and make it all the way to the end. But you're probably right that, you know, coming in from a torn pectoral muscle, being out seven months, probably wasn't the best move for him to have the Iron Man performance like Gunther did, but it did take something away. And also the fact that, I felt like the video packages that they kept driving home the last couple of weeks on not just SmackDown that we watch every week, but also on Raw really mm -hmm. telegraphed that Cody was going to win this thing. And I thought that they could have presented the video packages in another way to make his return in doubt, like saying that, you know, he's had a long road back, he's on his way back, but he doesn't know if he'll be ready for the Raw Rumble. And then he comes out at number 30 or whatever number they want to put him in, and it feels more impactful because there was some doubt with the video package. I felt like the video packages with him declaring for the Raw Rumble, saying that he's coming in, he's going to finish the story, it just said, Cody's winning. You should not bet on anyone else. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you something. How is the order of entry? How is that determined? Is it a I, drawing? No, I believe it's 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 the booking that that uh, okay. determines like the drawing. But they they do like the whole lottery thing. They used to do the tumbler thing. This year they did like there was numbers on a on a. Uh, a board in the back and each person was taking a number off and drawing their number in that way. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the, that's the only thing I can find that I would disagree with is the order that Cody went in the rest of it. They did that to perfection. Even the Gunther thing, even though he didn't win it, he spent what an hour and 11 minutes in that ring. Yep. And a and damn, I mean, that's impressive. That really is impressive. But see, what the people don't understand, a lot of fans don't understand is how long it takes to put a match with 30 moving parts, moving, yeah. constantly moving, to put 30 parts together to where it works. It's, it was a masterpiece, really. I don't think you don't really worry about it that much. 
you get down to the last five, six. But then now, since you cleaned the mess out, you cleaned the majority of the rustlers out, now you got five people or six people. <clears throat> but it's still, even if it was a six way, that's a whole different match they're figuring. There's no telling how many matches within this match that we had. We could actually yeah. count them. You probably got 15, 16 matches, different type, you know, sequences that that mean something if you take it out individually like the video guys will do. They can take all that stuff out individually. And if I was a video guy today in WWE, I'd be saying, shit, they did the work. I just got to find it and accent it in the videos. My hat's off to Triple H. I think he did a magnificent job. He slowed it down. And we used to complain on the, well, I did. We used to complain on the on the show about no, no uh, strength on the bench. Now they have bench strength. It's getting better. It could be a little bit better, but they don't need it really. They got their starting pitchers now, and they got their they clean up hitters. So they're to me, I think they're sitting in great shape for WrestleMania. Where is WrestleMania this year in LA? Yes, that should be it. It, it should be a, a tremendous outing. I think I'll go. I think I I'm I tell Sports Key I need to go out there. Come on, we'll go together, Dutch. How about that? Then, I think I think if you go, then, I can convince my wife to let me go. If you go, <laughs> then actually send me out there. Wait a minute. I was just kidding. I don't really want to go, but no, you could go on WrestleCon and make some money too. I'll be, I'll be your handler and make sure okay. you get to, to WrestleCon and, and I'll, and I'll, I'll dictate the line for you. I'll be, I'll be the Dutch. You can make me, you know, you made me the Dutch Mantel approved historian. I'll be the That's Dutch Mantel approved handler for WrestleMania yeah. weekend. I, I, I did do that, but I think WrestleMania this year will be a, a really fun time. I mean, even if you don't go, it's still going to be a great show to watch. And wrestling fans are saying, I bet they're going to do this. And I bet they, that's the beauty about wrestling. It gives you something to talk about. And when it happens, you say, ah, they must have heard me. Because to me, yeah. We complained and we complained. We complained. Oh my! It's the same stuff every week. We we can we bitched about that. Then finally, when they took our advice, it turned around. And who thought Sami Zayn would be the one to turn it around, or even one to one to go with? But he's the and they beat him like a drum, which goes to show you, getting beat can actually work for you. I used to do an angle, and every time I booked the territory, I always had the guy who couldn't win a match. I did it in Puerto Rico. The guy was over about the fourth, about the third week. We did it. When's he going to win? When's he going to win? You know, wrestling fans are brutal anyway. Get a job, you bum. You're terrible. But we kept accenting his losing record, which is which gave him screen time, and then. Finally, when I turned the big, he turned on the big heel uh, manager, who at the time was Paul Bearer. He was the manager, and he was over. 
and he, he and I did it. I did it in Puerto Rico. I did it in Memphis. But actually, it's getting a guy over in reverse, which had never been done before. And actually, WWE copied my. They copied my my angle with Barry Horowitz, and he was the first one I did it with. He was Jack Hart in Florida, and they had heard about it, and they took him up there, and. But they didn't do it justice like I did in Florida. I took I, I took my time with it. There they kind of rushed through it, <clears throat> but it still worked. I mean, when you take anything and accent it, like uh, say Gunther lasting an hour and eleven minutes, they're going to blast that out, which yeah. that is something to really blast out because even hearing he lasted an hour and eleven minutes with twenty nine other guys facing him. If you think about it, I mean, some guys can't even stand up an hour and 11 minutes, let alone, let alone get in a ring and, and perform for that long. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of WWE. I'm really proud of Paul, and I'm glad he got this. Uh, have we heard any more about Vince? Well, well, the the latest on this is that he's back at uh, Titan Towers. He's back to work this week. Uh, he has another lawsuit uh, in regards to hiding his uh, sexual misconduct uh, allegations. But going back to the Royal Rumble, I I do want to uh, echo what you said. Like praise to Triple H for how he booked the men's Royal Rumble. In that there was a lot of setup of stuff, like you were saying before, setup of matches. Off the top of my head, you know, you had Gunther starting off at number one. And number two was Sheamus So following up from their great match At Clash at the Castle And those two kind of being the anchors Are the you know, kind of the dictators Of the entire Raw Rumble uh, Sheamus going nearly uh, 50 minutes In the matchup Him and Drew McIntyre The uh, the formerly known as Banger Bros uh, were Had a bunch of eliminations Gunther actually eliminated both of them So they could be teasing maybe possibly A triple threat with those guys uh, You had Gunther have a stare down with Brock Lesnar in the matchup. You had Brock being eliminated by Bobby Lashley following up from Brock screwing over Bobby Lashley on Raw 30 out of the United States Championship. Uh, you had Seth, the Seth Rollins and Logan Paul with Logan Paul eliminated him. You had Logan Paul and Ricochet with their big spot that's going to be on the highlight reel for WrestleMania for years to come. You had Edge making his return and going at it with Judgment Day. Judgment Day screwing him over and getting him eliminated. You had uh, Rhea Ripley attacking Edge and then Beth Phoenix making her return and Spear and Rhea Ripley. So they could be teasing maybe a mixed tag match for Elimination Chamber. Uh, then you had Dominic Mysterio coming out right after Ray was supposed to come out. And they kind of teased that Judgment Day jumped Ray Mysterio and Dom came out with the Ray Mysterio mask. So they were doing some building there because Ray got injured on SmackDown. He wasn't able to be in the actual Royal Rumble. So just off the top of my head. That's like five or six matches for either Elimination Chamber or WrestleMania. They set up in this one hour and 11 minute rumble match. Well, they proved another thing. Wrestling fans don't forget. They don't forget nothing. That's why we have so many questions. Well, why did they do this? And why did they do that? Doesn't make sense. But they brought it all together. They said, don't forget that Sheamus and uh, what's his name? You just said it. I've been hit on the head. Seamus and Drew McIntyre. Drew, they remember that match. So when they, when they were out in the ring, now they have a dynamic between them. 
back they could to, to reach in and flip the switch on it at any time. And Ray and the kid, they can switch it at any time. All those things you named are separate entities and it can lead back into a month long angle anyway. It can start here and, and end in the next pay-per-view. It can do that. But at least now they have bench strength and they build it from within. They didn't send them to like spring training. They said, we got them. Let's start telling the story, build on the story slowly. And after a while, you know, the wrestling fan sitting there watching it, he didn't see exactly what they're doing. But after a while, I said, oh, yeah. Now it clicks in their head. I'm Now it all comes together. And that's actually a good feeling when they're understanding what is happening and how they're doing it. It is probably one of the greatest booked matches I've ever seen. When you consider 30 different entities in a match, and it came off like it did. Okay, the stare down between Brock and Gunther. How did that go? Uh, they just had a, a little a brief stare down. The crowd reacted uh, pretty good to it. Uh, then then they had a little exchange, but then Bobby Lashley came out right after Brock Lesnar, and they had to do the angle with Lashley and uh, Lesnar. It seemed more of like they were teasing that this could be either you know WrestleMania soon or they can do it down the line. I think I think they're more pushing the Lashley and Lesnar at this point, and especially with Gunther being the Intercontinental Champion, I. Even when the rumor came out with uh, Gunther and Brock at WrestleMania, I didn't think it was the right time because Gunther as Intercontinental Champion and Brock, he's not going to have a match for the Intercontinental title. We know Brock Lesnar. He does not have a championship match for anything less than the world title. So I think that it's not the right time right now, but maybe if they come back to it in the summer, it would be the right time for me. Well, by watching all this and hearing all this from you, I don't think you're going to see Gunther and uh, Brock for a while because he's used to taking his time. And when he pulls the trigger on that, and now they got all this time to play with it, to, to tease it here, add their people saying, well, when are they? It's like we're talking about when are they going to pull the gun, pull the trigger on Sammy. We knew they're going to do it. But we didn't know when. Now they can do the same the same technique on Gunther and Brock. So when it finally gets there, finally when dessert is served, now the people will be ready for it. See, as an old saying, you you can't shoot the angles too soon because the people don't understand it. It hasn't had time to not baking bread. The bread hasn't risen to the to take it out it's not ready so uh i don't know what's so hard to understand about that but when that happens in in, in wrestling it's usually by young inexperienced bookers see i learned from the i learned from the old timers take your time take your time take your time because you can't speed it up but you damn sure can ruin angles by shooting them too soon and when you shoot it too soon it's already gone. Now you don't even have that to go to. So, so great job. Then, WWE, and I'm proud of them. Because the I've, next always, thing, <laughs> I've always pulled for them. You know, let's, let's go, WWE. 
You're always in their corner. Uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you about, two more things, is uh, the Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt had his Mountain Dew pitch black match with LA Knight, which was basically just uh, a laser tag meets a rave with uh, Bray wearing some paint that glowed in the dark. LA Knight had gear that glowed in the dark. They had a lot of neon in a table spot that just went everywhere. In the end, it ended up being a five-minute match. Uh, Then Bray attacked uh, LA Knight on a stage with a huge stand platform. And Uncle Howdy came off the platform with like a coffin drop onto LA Knight. And then all the Firefly Funhouse characters came out. Me personally, I thought it was good visually, but it was not a good matchup. And this comes off the off the heels of you know the, your your friend, the Undertaker, having a moment with Bray Wyatt on Raw 30, a seemingly a passing of the torch moment. Bray says he's never going to tell anybody what The Undertaker whispered to him in that moment. But do you think that Bray Wyatt is the right person to kind of be this Undertaker, uh, you know, new character, new aura to him with WWE after this passing of the torch moment? And what do you think about the fact that it seems like he a lot of people feel that Bray Wyatt is a then and then the bell rings type of wrestler. He's good, he's good, he can build up an angle very well, but then the bell rings and these matches don't really deliver the quality that you're looking for from a top baby face like he's being positioned. That match disappointed me. And this is why. I think when you depend too much on outside influences and gimmicks and lights and Uncle Howdy's and when does it I mean to me that disinterests me really I mean and it's a short match anyway he's 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 the gimmick king anyway he's got all kind of gimmicks to go to but these are fairy tale characters I mean when it gets time to get into the ring and actually do something he he, he failed this test he felt it big time. And when Uncle Howdy showed up, I don't I don't think Uncle Howdy added anything to it at all. And that's that's the problem. See, Undertaker could go. Undertaker, he had to flash, but he could get his ass beat for a while, and then he could set up. Now here comes the people. We haven't seen Bray. Who's gonna beat Bray? I mean, if he can if he can all of a sudden summon these extraterrestrial or, or extra earthly beings or whatever, how, I mean, we may even say, and I, I and I think this has, doesn't go unnoticed to uh, Paul. I hope it hasn't, but I don't think a lot of people were happy with the ending of this match. I don't know where it leaves LA nights. I think he was like demolished. Now, what are they going to do now? So now he has to look for another opponent, right? I think L.A. Knight's done with him. What's that? What's he going to do to him? Run out there with a flamethrower and set him on fire? That's they already the did that. Thing. They already did that <laughs> with a Randy Orton. Well, they can do it again. But I'm saying now when you have to really – I learned this from old time Booker, too. He says when you're booking a card, and you write a name down and you have a hard time putting him with somebody, it's time for the guy to go. 
it's time for that talent to move on. You're not, and in the, in the old days, you didn't, you just didn't get let go and with no place to go. The, the bookers would pick up and they would say, hey, listen, I got, I got so-and-so here and he's been here too long. Can, can you use him? And the guy said, well, yeah, maybe. But they would have you a place to go. Maybe not your perfect place, but he would get you a spot to go. But you had, especially in the old days, you had to keep talent fresh because they saw it almost as much as we were seeing it on SmackDown earlier this year. It's the same guys, the same matches. And after a while, it just all blends in and nothing's unique. Nothing's different. <clears throat> but I, I don't know where Bray Wyatt can go from here. Uh, L.A. Knights, that wouldn't be my problem because I think you, you could do anything but him right now. But where's Bray going to go? I mean, where's, uh, you know, where's L.A. Knight going to go? He has to restart it. He slapped him a time or two. That was it. That's the only thing offense I heard that, that I know that he got on him. So where do they go? So now they're going to have to sit down, and that's where your problem comes in, when you have to sit down and really think about where to go with a, with a, a talent or a character. Uh, I think that's uh, – and I'm sure they have ideas, and I'm sure Bray has ideas. So we'll see. Let's see if they surprise me with it. I hope they come up with something good, but who is Uncle Howdy? I mean, they can always go to him, but – yeah. Again, he, he doesn't – I'm not that interested in Uncle Howdy as a fan. But all these other things that went on within the, the rumble itself, I am interested. And uh, that's that, the, card books, that card books itself. That's the final thing I wanted to talk about was the women's Royal Rumble with uh, the Judgment Day's Rhea Ripley going from number one all the way to the end, setting the record for the most time in a women's Royal Rumble match and winning the whole damn thing. Uh, the other highlights from the matchup was Asuka's return in her original Kana uh, face paint and persona, the kind of the e the more evil, more sinister side of Asuka returning, and uh, it was a nice refresh for her look. You also had uh, Dewdrop became Piper Nevin, going back to her NXT UK name. You also had the return of Nia Jax at number 30. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know what the production team was thinking but her her entrance music started playing before the the countdown clock started so that was weird but uh overall it was a it was a pretty good women's royal rumble match but what do you think about Rhea Ripley on our way to WrestleMania and she has an interesting choice because right now the smackdown women's champion is Charlotte Flair the woman that beat her back at WrestleMania 36 for NXT women's championship a woman that she's never beaten and then on raw you have the raw women's champion Bianca Belair, who, if she makes it to WrestleMania, will be a full year as Raw Women's Champion, and is kind of this uh, this person has been parallel Rhea Ripley's entire career, and a lot of people feel they could be like the female Austin and Rock of how they can like build from NXT to the main roster to the main event of WrestleMania. So, what do you think about Rhea Ripley as the Rumble winner and her choice between Charlotte and Bianca Belair? Well, that, that to me only has positive results 
positive at dividends. I think she's proven herself. Uh, I think she, and, and I like the idea of bringing a talent through your own developmental system and having them go up. Because before Vince, I don't know what, it looked like to me Vince was just warehousing talent. I mean, if you're there for five years and you haven't even sniffed the, the main roster stage, I mean, they're telling you something. I mean, if you, if you can't learn this business, actually the working part of it, in five years, then you, you need to get another job. They need to release you or do something with you. But a lot of times, <clears throat> how many talents go through NXT and never even go to a Raw? A lot of them. I mean, I think they have too many anyway. How many can you train at one time? But I, I do like that idea. And it actually gives NXT, it elevates their status. If you can come from there <clears throat> and end up where Rhea Ripley is right now through NXT, and if you plant a seed in anybody's mind about anything, it's always going to be there. NXT, uh, if they have a few more people come through there, it's the maker of champions. So if they start pushing that idea that you know NXT is more than just a developmental center, it's uh, the, the maker of future champions. I think that not only helps WWE, it damn sure helps NXT a lot. Let me ask you this. Where does NXT do? I'm in Florida. Where do they run live shows here? Uh, in Orlando at the Performance Center. They call it the Capital Wrestling Center. It's like the arena at the Performance Center. Okay. They don't really go out to any of the surrounding towns and do a, a few They shows. do. They do house shows and live events during the week, but Tuesday is when they film at the PC. How do their live events do? They, they, they do small arenas, so like 1,000 to 2,000 in attendance. Well, how many did you say? 1,000? 1,000 to like 2,000 in attendance. Well, damn, that's a hell of a little show if they can do 1,000 people. I mean, well, they do those those type of buildings. Sometimes they will draw like a a few hundred or so. Oh, that's better. Yeah, because you independence, if they if if you can get a show up to do, doing five hundred to a thousand people, <clears throat> that's a major accomplishment, really. And uh, with no more than NXT, I mean, they're just on. They're not on local TV here at all. So that's how you know the old Memphises and the old Charlottes and the old Florida, you know, you'd go to these little surrounding towns and, you know, sometimes it really do pretty good. But I, I think they need to, it, it helps NXT a lot and it helps the talent to think that they can go there. And I think before a lot of NXT talent was, were thinking, nobody's watching us. I mean, we're just here doing this every day. And believe me, if you're just working out every day and doing exercises, it gets old quick, really, really quick. And the only reason that the, the, the regular people can do it is because it's a new crowd every night. But you're getting paid and you're going out there and you have pretty good, you have pretty good attendance. 
But to go out there in the performance center, think about this. You get up at 8 o'clock in the morning. you got to be at the performance center at 9. Yeah, come on. Let's do it. One, two, three, four. Do some push-ups. Oh, let's go run. And you're thinking, what the hell? I'm just in damn fitness class. And come out here, take this, take this. How many times can you do that before you say, damn, I'm tired of this? Because they're not going to let that out because they don't want to broadcast it. But that's actually what it would feel like. But if they think now we have a chance, and I'm sure they feel that way anyway, or they wouldn't be there. But I think it helps the whole image of NXT more than they are, are giving it credit for right now. Probably, probably so for sure. And then you see the improvement they had NXT talent in the women's Royal Rumble match in uh, Indy Hartwell, Zoe Stark, and NXT Women's Champion Roxanne Perez. They got the NXT uh, Vengeance Day event, which is going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, kind of their first big uh, major show outside of Orlando, outside of last year's uh, WrestleMania weekend. So they got some stuff going over there in NXT for sure. Oh, good. Who is that talking? That's my daughter. What's her name? Harlem. What's her name? Harlem. Harlem. Well, tell her I said hello and tell her all the people they heard her and tell her hello. Dutch and all the people say hello to you. She's been trying to take my light away from me and try to be oh. seen on camera, but she, uh, she doesn't trying, know where the camera is. She's trying to hijack <laughs> the show. I say, how old is she? She's she's two, but she's already a three-nager. She's already oh, in her three. Terrible, she's like a few weeks away from being three. Well, terrible twos. So anyway, well, congratulations. And we got any more to say about this show? <clears throat> no, we could wrap things up, Dutch. Let the people know where they can find don't you. We have, don't we have uh, the wrestler of the year contest coming up? You are right. We have the Sports Key to Wrestling Awards, the Sports Key to Wrestling Awards, the Sports Key to Wrestling Awards, the second annual edition of the Sports Key to Wrestling Awards. You had a controversial take saying that you wanted Gunther as the uh, male wrestler of the year. And you have people talking. I think you were one year off. 2023 is Gunther's year. Well... And then we're going to pick wrestler of the year and female wrestler of the year, tag team of the year, because <clears throat> that's got to be Usos. And l- l- let me say right now that uh, I'm saddened by the, by the death of Jay, what's his name? Jay Briscoe. Jay Briscoe. Jamie Pugh. Yeah. I'm getting worse. Of uh, The Briscoe brother, uh, very sad. I met him one time. And I talked to Jack Swagger this week, and he met them for the first time the same time I did. We were in Puerto Rico on a little run, and very nice guys. I'm very, very saddened over his death, and I hope his – how's his daughter coming along? His daughters are actually doing a little bit better. They've been getting more and more uh, better news as the thing as days have gone on. Uh, I believe his daughter Gracie has uh, feeling in her lower, lower extremities again. So you know, all the prayers, condolences, and our thoughts to the Pew family. Uh, of course, people can get, donate to the Pew family at givengo.com. Uh, they 
I will probably tell the producers if they can put a link in the description if they take this part because, you know, uh, definitely feeling for the Pew family because they're going to have to spend a lot of money with that's the hospital bills for the daughters being in the hospital right now. There's no telling how much that hospital bill will be. It's in probably in a million dollars at least, I think. Anyway, my condolences to the family and friends. And uh, hate to hear stuff like this, but but that's life. So good luck to them. So are we ready? Are we done? We are all done. Thank you, Dutch. 50 minutes already. So just think of all the people driving, listen to our bull crap and saying, well, that went by fast. And I'll say, I'll say it again. This is how wrestlers talk going down the road. They bitch back and forth and argue and complain. But really, if you're starting out in the business, that's how you learn. That's how I learned. Because now one guy pitches and they didn't even know I was listening, but I was listening. So, but we'll be back next week and uh, on Friday night. 11.05, that's usually when we come on. Rick will be with us. And Rick, he's in San Antonio, right? He's having a good time. He was at the Royal Rumble. He did a bunch of interviews. They can check it out on another channel, I believe. But that is for another time. Uh, is. This has been Smack Talk with Dutch Mantel talking about the WWE Royal Rumble 2023 show. We are signing off until next time.